0: Hello. Hi. Yes, we are really doing this. Welcome to Character Concerns, the podcast I'm doing because sports went away for a while and I was the only person left in America who didn't have his own podcast. We are here to discuss, as I said in the trailer, the best, most memorable, most iconic, greatest, whatever you want to call them, characters in TV history. We're kicking things off in our inaugural episode by talking about Coach and Mrs. Coach Eric and Tammy Taylor from Friday Night Lights. Here with me is a man that I have known since the day he was born and for the last 31 years has been like a brother to me. My actual brother, Zach Dubin. And Zach, let's be honest, this is the first episode, so there are going to be some kinks to work out here, but this is going to be fun, (laughs) I think, I hope. And I want to start here, I guess. Because we had talked about doing either just Eric or just Tammy for this episode, but you said that you wanted to talk about the Taylors, Coach and Mrs. Coach, both of them, as opposed to just one. And I suppose we should start, why Why Eric and Tammy together, as opposed to just Eric or just Tammy?
1: Yeah. Uh, hey, Jared. You know, Fun to be doing this as well. Happy to talk about the pride of Dylan with you. And I think with that, just to build upon... You know why to do them at the same time as opposed to separately is because I think they do have a lot of similar qualities to them. Um, specifically, talking about just how they are always doing the morally right thing um, is is one of the constant themes throughout this entire entire show. That really shows that they were being the more the you know the moral checks and the pride of Dylan but to do them together they're just so symmetrical in the way that they approach every decision and the i think the best part is is the effect that they have on each other and what they bring out of each other is truly the best part of their relationship
0: yeah i mean there's there was like an old tv maxim i guess it's sort of still around that like it's not interesting to write about or to watch a couple who are just like straight up in love and there's no like real problems in their relationship in terms of the actual relationship being in jeopardy and no nobody's really cheating on each other there's no like you know random secret loves or things that are threatening their relationship the things that threaten the Taylor relationship are like real differences in the way they conduct themselves and some of the things they find important and it's not until really the, the last few episodes of the entire series where it seems like there's actual real danger to the state of their relationship as a relationship as opposed to something like you know when when coach was working at, at TMU for a few months before he obviously was coming back because the coach was the the series was not going to continue with with him in Austin and tammy and Dylan um you know it's it's not until those final few episodes where, Eric is debating whether or not he wants to stay and coach the the so-called super team and Tammy is saying that she wants to go to Philadelphia and become the dean of that, you know, fake school where the, you know, the the president of the school is the the dad from uh, rookie of the year um or the stepdad from rookie of the year sorry. Um, but but other than that they're just, you know, a couple who is very much in love and very happy together and the the things that cause tension and drama within their relationship or, you know, decisions when it comes to how to parent their daughter or, you know, things that should be important to, to Eric, according to Tammy, who is almost always right, but he's sort of, you know, lost his way because he's too concentrated on the football team or things like that. You know, it's 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 real human drama as opposed to manufactured TV drama.
1: Yeah, that, that's that's a great way to put it. And I think the 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 to me, the the most um the 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 biggest decision that they had to make in the middle of the show was to your point with Eric Coach Eric Taylor going to TMU for a couple months and i think that that entire two episode span of their interaction with each other debating about who's going to go and who's going to stay is he going to travel back and forth are they both going to come with are they all going to come with him I, I think that that entire i don't want to say argument but that entire um, You know, storyline portrays just how perfect of a couple they are, because I think that they both handled that while not necessarily perfectly in the moment, ended up in the same space and in the same spot and both basically made the same
0: decision. You mean at the end of the show when they're going to Philly or when he's going to TMU? When he's going to TMU? Yeah, I mean, well, you know, eventually, obviously decide that Tammy is going to stay there and he's going to, you know, go back and forth. And it causes a significant degree of strain and stress, which is predictable when you're separating a family for long periods of time. know, I still don't particularly understand why the school was rec- recruiting a QB coach in the middle of the high school football season and why the, this would be made so quickly. But there were plenty of things that needed to adhere to TV logic. When it came to football, uh, that, that didn't make quite as much sense as they would have in the real world. Similar in the last season when he's being recruited to come coach that school in Florida in the middle of the high school football scene. They're like, actually, no, we need it in right now. When, you know, that obviously would not happen along that same timeline.
1: Very true. We're talking about an NBC drama <laughs> in the mid-2000s here. Uh,
0: well, hey, NBC and the audience network eventually because obviously the show was, Perpetually on the bubble, and in three to five, DirecTV ponied up, uh, I guess, half of the production cost so that the show could keep going. And it actually aired first on DirecTV Audience Network, and then later on actual nbc very strange uh, thing to happen we had direct tv at the time or parents have had direct i can't even remember a time that they. Did. so we we would actually watch the show on time better than so that was not nice. um, but anyway we have a, a bunch of different things that we're going to discuss here and i want to start with what was the defining trait of each character? We're going to get into their their best and worst qualities uh, in a minute, but I want to start with the thing that most defines it. that's sort of a way that you can ground the character over a long period of time, and sort of the thing that guides their decision making and their emotions, just who they are as a person over the course of you know in this case five seats 80 or so episodes. So you know i've got my own answers we haven't talked about necessarily what each of us have in mind here so i'm curious you know what defines tammy what defines eric and i guess what de- what defines them as a couple as well
1: yeah and for tammy to me this is this is the most obvious answer out of the two of them and it's her passion for everything that she does she goes 100% all in and that's whether it's with the students at the school whether it's with Julie and helping with you know getting her to, getting her throughout her college experience, but none more importantly than we know than barbecues. And barbecues build morale. That's why you have them. And T- Tammy, to her point, builds morale with her passion and whether that and whether that's all the stuff that I mentioned before or even her passion for just her husband. And being able to motivate him and constantly tell him that he's doing the right thing and remind him that he's, you know, putting the the most um, important things first. That to me is Tammy in a nutshell.
0: It's interesting. So I I would agree that she's obviously a very passionate person, but that's not what I had as the, the defining trait. So it's it's interesting that we're off to a, a not necessarily a disagreement, but just we have a different answer right away i had that her defining trait is just helping people like that's what she does throughout the entire show she takes on causes you know she decides that she's going to help tyra she decides that she's going to help that um epic i think it is in the final season she helps becky when she has to make a decision about what to do when she's pregnant um is the person that tim riggins goes to for help in that situation he's like i know that the one person i can go talk to is Tammy Taylor so you're going to go talk to her uh early in in season 1 when in, in a moment that we'll talk about i think later on she helps Lila Garrity when in that episode when when everybody is sort of you know hazing or teasing i don't know what kind of word you would call it her after she had slept with Riggin's um she is the person who decides to to help Tyro when they're talking to each other uh under the bleachers and even Buddy comes to her for advice on what to do because he thinks that something's wrong with Lila, but doesn't know what it is. Um, Just throughout the entire show, basically almost every storyline with Tammy comes down to her helping people. Even things like, another thing we're going to talk about later, when she sort of tries to outmaneuver Buddy with the Jumbotron, her motivation is that she wants to help at the school as opposed to just helping the football team. So for, for me, it was helping people, defining
1: and I definitely agree with you. And it's funny the way the way in which our two brains work, because when I first said passion and you went to helping people, you said that it was not necessarily a disagreement, but differing in opinions. And I believe that we're both kind of on the same track and that, you know, her passion is put into everything, including
0: helping people. That's like the thing that she's most passionate about is helping. That that does make sense. We're sort of on the same track there. What about what about for Eric? For I mean, for me, it's basically the same thing, except it's you know a little bit more narrowly defined. And I said it's just molding young men. Like that's his whole thing. You know, he he turns Riggins into a a better man. He turns Street, um you know, certainly before the show into a better man, into the good man that he is. Um, he he turns Smash over the course of the series into a better man. He plays surrogate father to Saracen and Vince, and even guys like Luke. Uh, he he helps turn Buddy Junior into a real football player. He gets Tinker. Um, you know, away from a moderate life of crime and into more of a path toward football. Uh, he brings Hastings into the fold. He helps uh, Santiago, the Sandman, for a brief period of about three weeks before they decided to forget that he existed. Um, so, for I mean, that pretty clearly to me, Eric is Eric, is molding young.
1: And it's funny because as, as differing of opinion as we might have had on the first answer, it seems that we both have... Almost exactly the same answer here as what I had down. um, Very similar to yours, but I think it's more than just building young men or building young children. I I, building character and young children. I think that it's more teaching. Just every single thing that he does is a teaching lesson. Whether that's with Julie or the or the team or the people that he's working with, he's always just trying to provide a teaching lesson. And teach them how to become better people in the end, which kind of plays off of what you were saying.
0: How do you mean by teaching? Like, I I guess you know, in a sense, he's like you know, teaching them to be better men. He's teaching football. He teaches you know people how to play football. He teaches. He teaches Julie um, how to
1: grow up in terms of being responsible and taking accountability for her actions. It, it's, it's everything that he does ends up being a teaching lesson. And the way in which you build good character in young people, especially at that age, is by teaching them the lessons and by, by making sure that they understand the journey and the big picture. Because as we all know, when we're younger in life, it, you kind of have that 15 feet in front of you type of view but I think that throughout this series, Coach is constantly teaching people to look at the bigger picture and teaching them to be better individuals by instead of looking 15 feet in front of you, starting to see 20, 30, 40 feet in front of you. Well,
0: I, I think that there are times when Coach himself has that 15 in front of you view as well. And I think that that's sort of driven home in the last episode too, when when him and Tammy take uh, saracen and julie out for dinner and he's talking to them about how like you know marriage takes patience and compromise and all these different things and it's like very obviously advice that he should be giving himself about how to deal with tammy at the moment and tammy starts obviously like tearing up and crying she's got to go outside she's just like you know like it's my turn and he, it takes a little while to to hit him that you know he needs to take his own advice and that he's sort of been a little bit um you know ab- absorbed in in just himself in this is, I think that there's there's other instances like that too that we'll talk about later on. Like, um, you know, just as an example, when Tammy is dealing with those budget cuts, mm-hmm. when she you know reappropriates the jumbotron funds, she comes into Eric's office mm-hmm. and like the entire school, the air conditioning doesn't work, and she's like, "How did you get it so cool in here?" And she's just, "I like, like it at sixty eight yeah, degrees. It's the way I like it. It's the <laughs> way I like it. Yeah." It's, it's like he has no concept at that point of like the differences between the resources that the football team gets as the school gets. It's like you know there there are times when he could be extremely narrowly focused and should sort of take you know his own advice there. let's 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 keep going though. I want to talk about their their best and worst traits and we'll we'll start with Tammy first. what do you have for those? For Tammy,
1: I had to copy my first one and her best trait is her passion. It truly is how she literally goes all in with everything. And I think um, a lot of the times you'll see it kind of get in her way. Like, for instance, for to your point about the Jumbotron before when she was fighting with the boosters about where that money should go, she tried to take the entire check and put it towards school supplies. Now we all know that that was probably the right thing to do. I think that she needed to. I, I think that while going in with all her passion to try to get all the money, she she kind of got narrowly minded there and should have should have tried to just take away some of it to go yeah, to. Toward- she
0: needed to uh, to take. Uh- Not necessarily take a hint from, but take the opposite path of one that would be suggested by the next character I'm going to talk about the show, Mike Ehrman Trout. She needed to take a half measure there instead of a full measure um, where she could have taken some of the Jumbotron money and, you know, just said, hey, instead of a 75 foot scoreboard, let's get a 50 foot scoreboard and we'll take a bunch of this money and put it towards school supply like that, where obviously she was in the right. But obviously she was going to get railroaded by, you know, the the likes of Buddy Garrity and Mayor Rodell and everybody else in the town that cares that is is wrong and cares more about Panther football than about the kids education. Yeah. and, And bringing
1: that back full circle, like her passion really did get her into trouble there. But it just goes to show how far she's willing to take it. And I think that even the good parts, as I said, you know, before with the barbecues and building morale, she really did at one point in this show and at one point in the Dylan time, you know, time frame. She was holding that entire town
0: together. Yeah, I mean, for, for me, I I guess the, the passion part was just sort of baked into to everything. But for me, I went with like a combination of like patience and flexibility and guile. Like she's very patient with Eric when it comes to. You know uh, the things that he is not necessarily the best at. She's she's very patient with the students. She is very patient with like people like Tyra, and you know people that that make mistakes. And she shows a lot of understanding when it comes to people making mistakes. And she will going and trying to teach them the right things to do or, or point them in the right direction and she, has, she is willing to dig her heels in and do whatever it takes over a long haul to get results. I think you especially see that in the storyline with her and Tyra, where it's like a three-year undertaking to get tyra to be the kind of person that she wants her to be um and even when tyra makes you know big epic mistakes she is still there for her because she has the you know the understanding of this is still a 17 year old girl who's going to make and i can you know go out of my way to help her because i believe like that and then just the the guile is like you know when she is trying to outmaneuver buddy with the jumbotron and things like that and she is you know there are other times where she tries to get over on Buddy throughout the course of the series or people like Buddy, you know, where she tries to get over on like Joe McCoy um, and, you know, boosters and the the superintendent at one point during that Jumbotron type of fight. And in the in the end with Buddy, she he gets the Jumbotron, but then he says that she's going to hold like some sort of charity event or cover some sort of money. And she just says it in front of a whole bunch of people to sort of box Buddy in because even though she lost, she was going to get what she wanted somehow and and do it with a smile on her face. Yeah, she
1: she truly she truly is humble. And I think that, you know, coming into what I would think her worst trait is, I'm sorry, there is none. There is Oh, none. there's
0: there absolutely is one. She has just like an epic blind spot with Julie and the way that she treats Julie compared to her projects when she takes them on. Like It's just it seems like she sort of assumes that Julie knows she feels the same way about her or even more strongly about her as she does about any one of her projects. Like, you know, and when she's in the middle of the thing with Tyra and when she's in the middle of the thing, like, oh, I'm going to coach the volleyball team. And, you know, she sort of um, not necessarily ignores Julie, but forgets about Julie briefly. Um, And there's just just the way she deals with Julie in general compared to the way she deals with other things, which, you know, somewhat understandably so, obviously, because, you know, they sort of hint about it throughout the entire show that Tammy had um, sort of a wild side in her younger days and doesn't want to see Julie go down the same path because it eventually wound up being pretty painful for her. And, you know, she takes that into account with everything that she's doing in terms of her parenting of Julie. But I, I do think that there is a bit of a blind spot there for her. And that's like the one weakness that I would say that she has as a person.
1: And I do agree with you there. And I think to your point about that blind spot with Julie and about how she used to be some somewhat of a party girl back in the day, or they at least allude to the fact you kind of see her open up to Julie about that. I think... Whether I think sometime in season three when she was doing the fling with, I think it was like the Swedish guy, and Tammy actually sat her down and kind of told her one of the stories from back then that alludes to the fact that she was some sort of a party girl. And all of this, I don't want to say backlash, but all of this harsh criticism of Julie as a person is almost 100% stemming from that.
0: I think that, that the episode you're talking I think it's the one where Julie comes home with a tattoo. And Tammy's like driving her to go get it laser removed or whatever. That was the time when when Tammy gave her that talk. Uh, if I am remembering correctly, off the top You're of my head, right. I'll be honest. When I was when I was rewatching this, I skipped most of season two because you know, other than Landry going on a seventeen state killing spree, uh, there was not much worth discussing. Um, it was like you that. We need a whole other podcast to go through that storyline. Yeah, it was it was that, and it was Coach uh, throwing Saracen into the shower um, in that one episode where, like, after Carlota leaves and he's, like, getting drunk during the day with Riggins and, like, fucking up during practice and things like that, and Coach has to come pick him up. Uh, with grandma saracen at the hospital and he like puts grandma saracen to bed and gives her water and then he goes into the other room very slowly he chucks saracen in the shower gets some cold water blowing on him and they have like that blowout scene in the bathroom and saracen's like everybody leaves me you left me your daughter left me my dad left me carlota left me and that, like that's like the one scene really worth anything in that entire second other than that and and landry uh, briefly becoming a serial c- that's that's basically all that want to deal with anyway Eric, best and worst qualities. What do you got? So for Eric, I have his,
1: one of his best qualities is his resiliency. He is, he never stops, ever stops. He's going a hundred miles a minute every single day for that team. And obviously to put money on the table for his family as well. Just when you look at how hard he rides smash, and Riggins and Vince and all of these guys who he needs to take from probably not the ideal not the best situations and try to make them realize that they can be better is one of my favorite things throughout the entire show and i think the payoff at the end is even better and i think like just for like smash for instance when smash when smash got his surgery and he couldn't move anymore wanted to give up how many times did coach go And beg him to keep going. And it all obviously culminates in that great scene. I think it might be at the ice at uh I forgot the name of the restaurant, but where he's serving ice cream. And he just goes in and he's like, Do you want this? Yes or no? He's like, Meet me at the field. And then they obviously have that great scene afterwards where Smash comes to the field and coach gets the entire team. And just Smash needing to realize that he can still do it was one of the best parts of the show, in my opinion. Um, but it just proves that he is absolutely the most resilient person and he will never stop.
0: Yeah. I had, something like it's it's basically another way of saying the same thing like i had like if he believes in you he will absolutely go all the way for you and the the smash example was absolutely one of the ones that i was going to use he even like he stays extremely involved in in streets life even after he gets paralyzed and you know he has that episode where he's like helping him paint the house and pick out things when it when uh him and the riggins brothers and herker are fixing up buddy's old house and things like that and you know he he helps matt and he helps vince and he helps luke He, you know, he helps Tinker, who, you know, is a relatively minor character in the grand scheme of things. Um, If if he, if Eric Taylor believes in you, he will do whatever it takes to help you, whatever it is that you want to do. You know, I I had some other ones in there. Um, He is obviously a terrific inspirational speaker. Does, you know, gives a lot of great speeches throughout the course of the series, whether before games, after games, halftime of games, you know, when he's at practice, you know, little random quips. Um, when there, there are times, there's a one episode in the first season where, you know, Julie's on the field and she's like trying to talk to him and like during the, while they're talking together on the field, he's like, Hey Reyes, get your head out of your ass. And she's like, very inspirational dad. And it's like, it's, it's very classic Eric Taylor, where he can be very eloquent and very inspiring, but he can also be like very standard football coach type of guy and do that. Um, I also had that he's a very progressive thinker. Um, he goes with the spread offense for (laughs) a lot of season three. He uses his fullback as a running back for a lot of season three. And in the game, when smash, uh, is suspended and when the smash gets benched in the first season two, he uses his fullback as a running back. He uses a dual QB system for, for, uh, one game in season three and also for, you know, parts of games in season four. Um, he also is very accepting of Jess, not just as a manager, but eventually as an assistant coach. And that will obviously end up being ahead of the curve. There are several female coaches in the NFL ranks now. Eric Taylor ahead of the curve on that as has Jess as shadowing him for brief portions of that final season. And then gives a call to the coach of, I believe they called it Dallas Walker, as opposed to the real life Dallas. Car. Um, and she becomes a, an assistant coach there for her senior year. And then obviously he eventually comes around the, you know, the way big Mary sees it regarding Vince and letting him play to his instincts and not necessarily always putting in, you know, timing patterns and things like that. He, um, he sometimes needs to be pushed towards it. Um, and, and, you know, he, he switches Matt from quarterback to wide receiver, which is something that, you know, uh, athletic quarterbacks do every one while. Um, so I, I do think that he was a progressive thinker as well.
1: For all of you who don't know, the host of this podcast, Jared Dubin, is an NFL sports writer. So there's your little uh, there's your little peek behind the curtain as to what my brother does on a daily basis.
0: Yeah, I don't think that people don't know exactly. You know, I, I cover football and ball. <laughs> um, it's pretty, uh, pretty obvious there. Anyway, so um, Eric's worst qualities, you know, even though he is a progressive thinker i do think that he can be um myopic at times when it comes to football um you know we we talked about it earlier when he has like the new networked computers and he has you know the the air conditioning in his office and he just doesn't realize how ridiculous it is um that, that he has all these resources and the school doesn't until tammy sort of um you know bangs it home for him i think there are times where he uses the exact same motivational tactics over and over like in season one, he leaves Riggins to walk home in the rain um, after he skips practice. Later in season four, he leaves Vince and Luke to walk home in you know the brutal hot sun after they get arrested because they were fighting with each other. Uh, and then he is obviously just famously a terrible first half coach. Uh, his offenses just magically seem to struggle in the first half like all the time. Um, which, you know, that, that leads me to think that, that coach Spivey is one of the best defensive coaches underratedly in the country, because somehow they're still in these games when their offense is stinking it up before the half and Spivey just really never gets enough credit for coaching up that defense. Um, and then he, he also coached, like they keep it not necessarily ambiguous, like coach throughout the show is portrayed as not very happy about Matt and Julie's relationship. And like he is sometimes able to separate his feelings about Matt as a man and a person, a football player. And he, you know, obviously cares for him a lot and acts as like a surrogate sort of father figure to him a lot of times throughout the show, you know, especially after his dad dies and he is still able to, at the same time as he feels that way about Matt, really not approve of Matt and Julie as a couple, as that's shown throughout the first season. Um, and then obviously in the last episode when he is just like extremely unhappy about the idea that they're going to get married. But whereas with Tammy, it's portrayed as, you know, they're too young and they can't get married yet. Eric is like, my answer is no to you now. And it's going to be no every day until the sun burns out. And he is portrayed also as unhappy that it's Saracen. So it's it's interesting that he does. He is a little bit, you know, myopic about Julian Matt in that
1: And it's funny because my my biggest, I think I would say that my worst trait for Coach Eric Taylor is his doubt when needing to make a big decision. He's such a confident person throughout this entire series, but it's whenever he hits that true kind of big decision that he seems to spiral out and start to not really think about things the way in which he does normally. Think about whether it's um, the, whether it's a football issue such as Matt and JD, he knew that putting JD at quarterback at the beginning was the right move, but he, he just couldn't bring himself to do it. And he ne- eventually needed a talk with Tammy to figure out that he's going to make the right decision and i think that throughout their entire time and and it kind of goes with to what my my first point is about him being resilient and i'm pretty sure I, i'm pretty sure i have this quote correct because i said it or I, I was taking it down as i was doing my rewatch but every man at some point in his life is going to lose a battle he's going to fight and he's going to lose but what makes him a man is that in the midst of the battle he does not lose himself and i think that he can once again actually learn from a little bit of his own lessons with being able to stay true to himself through those big decisions. Like I said you know, before, whether it's football or whether it's going to TMU or not seeing Tammy's side when she's trying to be the dean or when she wants to go be the dean out in Philadelphia. But I, I think his ability to not think the same way during these big decisions is my least favorite part about him.
0: It's, it's interesting, too, because he does the same exact thing with the, the Saracen-QB decision twice. Where, you know, he has to go to a bar and have a drink. Um, And it's the the same thing he does with Voodoo in season one. Um, And it's basically, he's like, he wants to start Matt, but he knows he has to start the other guy, even though there are big issues with doing it with, with Voodoo, it's obviously, you know, his his attitude and the way he just doesn't listen, whether it comes to, you know, being on time to practice or running the plays in practice or running the right plays during the game or things like that. And then obviously with J.D., it's the, the issue of his dad and his maturity. And like once you turn the team over to a freshman quarterback, there's no going back like you're not suddenly going to, you know, bench J.D. over you know a, a bad series or something like that it takes you know a complete meltdown like he has in the state championship game that year where he's like all right jd you're out because literally can't do anything and you're, all you're doing is screaming at me and screaming at the other coaches screaming at the offensive line it takes all of that to eventually go back to matt so it was obviously that there was at the time it certainly seemed like there was no going coming back from him. and then obviously old jd eventually from that game wound up costing his job at um, westdale so struggling I think with those type of big decisions was warranted Um, and I do think that him turning to Tammy for a lot of times in those times some of the best parts of the show
1: and I think the best parts of their relationship as well I mean we kept harping on this about how she kind of grounds him in his true beliefs and that everything that he's doing is the right thing or that she believes is the right thing and that she believes that he will always make the right decision because of who he is as an individual I think really harps on the fact that together the two of them their relationship is just absolutely perfect and they do really truly bring the best out of each other
0: yeah i mean that sort of leads us right into the next question which i really feel like has to just be about both of them. like what is their place in the show and it's like the entire show revolves around them and their marriage like i know and it's it's sort of you know undergirded by the the football team and how that team affects the town but really everything revolves around Coach and Mrs. Coach, and the way that they are sort of like, you know, you said it earlier, they're like the beating heart of the town, and they really keep everything together for everyone, just in the way they're able to affect so many people. And that's it. Like, the the show is about very much their marriage. Like, it's just as much about their marriage as it is about the team and the town and everything else. And that's like, that's why the final episode hinges just as much on like the future of the Taylors as a couple and as a family as it does about the future of the the East Dillon Lions and the Dillon Panthers and what's going to happen with the super team.
1: And your answer kind of bleeds exactly into what I had written down here. And it's the pride of Dillon. They are the pride of Dillon. They are the golden couple Of Dylan, and I think you know, for people like us who grew up, you know, out in New Jersey uh, with not very great sports teams, to be quite honest, we didn't really have that. But down in Texas, this is all that matters. And wait a
0: minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you saying that Marlboro, New Jersey, did not live and die with the success of the Marlboro Mustangs football team that during my freshman year went zero and ten, and during my senior year went four and six?
1: That's quite what I'm saying, actually. That's, <laughs> but unlike us down in Texas, this is all that matters is high school football, and they really are the pride of the town. That really feeds into you know the fact that if you live in Texas, you will love football.
0: You you would might you, not. Would you yet. say that in Texas, football yet. is a way of life? <laughs> football is a way of life. I don't want. Yeah, I I, I would agree with that, and certainly like. Even Matt and Julie, when they are having that conversation in the finale, Julie's like, you know, you guys are my role models. Like, I've seen you be like this perfect couple. And, you know, you guys got married when you were mine and Matt's age and things like that. And she's like, I've learned from you and I want to be like you. You guys are role models for us. Like that, that is is—that carries through, I think, through to the rest of the show's couples. And like even Tyra in that last episode, too, is like, you know, I want to be like Mrs. T, you know, but bigger. Um, and that's like it's a lot of people in that town have a dream to be like coach or Mrs. Coach like Billy Riggins um, very clearly tells coach when he wants to come on as an assistant coach like I want to be around you because I want to be like you I think you would be a good person for me to be around and I, I don't know if you ever saw it, but I watched like this um, it was like a cast reunion whatever it was like five ten eight years or whatever after the show ended and they were talking about where all the characters are and um mindy riggins her name is stacy oristano if i'm remembering correctly she was like yeah billy and mindy are trying to be the new coach and mrs coach no matter what like they're it's it's obviously not going to be quite as successful as coach and mrs coach because they're like the best people in the world but like i think very clearly in that final season when they gave you know, Billy and Mindy much more to do and take and took them sort of much more seriously because they had that emotional storyline of, you know, Tim sacrificing essentially his life and his future for them and their son and, um, uh, and, and them taking care of Becky during that season two. Um, very clearly, like, Billy was like, I want to be like Coach and I want to learn from Coach and, you know, Mindy similarly took sort of Becky under her wing and treated her like a sister or a daughter in the same way that Tammy did with Tyra or with any of her other projects throughout the rest of the show. There's so many people in the show that want to be like coach or want to be like Tammy. That's sort of, you know, the the show, the show revolves around around them and their relationship and their marriage and and just everything about them.
1: I think you can extend in the show to everyone who watched this show wants to be just like coach. Oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a hundred percent true. So let's, let's, let's go to the moments. Now Um, we have best and worst moment, which obviously is somewhat different than their best and worst traits. Obviously their, their, their traits play into those moments Um, for, for Tammy. The first one that I had was, you know, not like losing to Buddy on the jumbotron issue, but then getting over on him by saying that he was going to host, you know, fundraiser, donate a bunch of money, or whatever it was. I don't remember what. It, but that little sly thing that she did after finally acquiescing to giving him the jumbotron and you know, sort of boxing him in to do something that she wanted him to do, but he wasn't willing to do. So I, I had that, and then I had like the two very famous and very different um, Tammy Julie sex talks where one of them is in season one where, you know, she sees Saracen buying condoms and she's like very emotional and very upset and talking about how Julie is like very obviously not ready to have sex yet because she thinks that it's just one body part going into another body part. And she's like, you know, she has, she's like on the verge of tears and she's like, you are not allowed to have sex. You are 15 years old. And then like a few years later, after you know they actually are having sex and coach sort of uh accidentally walks in on them when he goes to pick her up at matt's house um and tammy and julie have another talk and it's much more you know measured and more mature and obviously coach and uh sorry matt and julie have been together for longer now and Julie's obviously a couple of years older now and tammy has sort of not necessarily calmed down but she's just It's, it's a much different and more mature discussion than it was when, when she was, you know, more scared than anything else about Julie going down the path that she had gone down when so for, for me, it's, it's one of those two talks and just getting over. So for coach's best
1: moment, um, I, I actually had, it's funny because you mentioned this earlier, but every time he gives any sort of motivational speech, I know that that's cheating and I kind of cheated for both of their best moments, but for him, I mean every single time that he's giving an uh, inspirational speech, you just feel uplifted sitting on sitting on your couch or wherever you're watching, you feel inside of you that he ha- you're ready to like run through a wall for him. And it truly is amazing. And I think that every the, you know the, the main culmination of every single one of his speeches is of, is of course, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. And I think that that has become a war cry for this show. And I think that every single time that he gives a speech, I'm truly captivated. And I think I kind of cheated with my other one as well, because for Tammy, it's just all I, I have written here all 397,000 times she says y'all.
0: <laughs> There's that great <laughs> supercut of all of Tammy Taylor's y'alls on YouTube, which is just one of the great internet documents um, of all time um and and i think the best the best ones of uh, of them are when
1: she's having some sort of a conversation that she doesn't want to necessarily be in and she does that extremely polite walk away where she's like okay yeah bless y'all thank y'all love y'all and she's like y'all while kind of speaking on top of the other
0: person but Mm -hmm. she's just so polite in doing it (laughs) that you just can't really be mad at her I love the one in in season three when uh, her first scene as the principal and she's walking into the school and she just has like 17 different y'alls in a row as she's <laughs> like talking to, to all the different. differences. Hey, y'all. Hi, y'all. How are y'all? How y'all doing? Like, it's just it's it's great. Um, every time she says y'all, obviously, yes, is a great moment. I had something different for for coach um i obviously agree the 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 inspirational speeches are great but to me to me like the very obvious best moment is when he finally chooses tammy over football in the last episode and he you know runs to the mall where tammy is there with gracie with santa and he like he like practically begs her to let him come to philadelphia with her and he's like Will you you know will you take me to philadelphia with you please 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 things like that and it's just like it, he's just he's not like declaring his love for her. Tammy knows that he loves her, but he's just reinforcing that he values her and her dreams and her profession just as much as she values him and his dreams and his profession. And that finally, after all these years, he is going to put her and her career first before his dreams and what matters to him when it comes to football to me, like that is very obviously the number one best thing that, that Eric does throughout the run of the show. But I I had a couple more just as sort of honorable mentions, like, Early in season one when he takes Saracen to the, the football field and sort of like turns him into the, the real QB1 where they got you know the noise coming down from the loudspeakers yep. and he's like you got to call the plays on the field and things like that you know you're QB1 the, the team's got to believe in you you got to be a leader. Like that. yeah that that is a great moment um the the Saracen like drunken shower that he gives him in in season two as well like where it's just he's like when Matt is asking why does everybody believe in you and coach like or sorry, why does everyone leave me? And and Coach is just like, you know, sort of blown away that this kid has been dealing with all this and has it all pent up inside him for so long and he's just like, There is nothing wrong with you, son. There are you at all. Um, that is another great moment and then um, when Saracen's dad dies and he comes to, to dinner with the Taylors, he, he's late and he's obviously flustered and he's like a little bit drunk because he was with, you know, the, the Riggins brothers and, and, and Lance and they go and see his dad and Matt comes in and he's like, you know, I don't like when the peas touch the meat and I don't like mashed potatoes. And he's like freaking out. And he's like, I'm just having a moment here. And he's like, you know, I, I had so much hate and I directed it all towards my dad because I wanted to be a good boyfriend, a good son, a good grandson, a good quarterback, things like that. And he's like, you know, I, I just wanted to say it to his face that I hate him, but he didn't have a face. And then he walks out and like, Julie is obviously like devastated. And Tammy is devastated. And Eric just goes and, and walks outside And he doesn't say anything and he just walks Matt home in silence, and that's it. And it's like there's nothing he could say, but he's just there for his quarterback and for his daughter's boyfriend and his surrogate son in that moment. That's like the lowest moment of his life. And there's he knows there's nothing he can say, but he knows that he needs to be there for this kid, and he just is there, and that's it. You know, that that is another fantastic.
1: It's funny because I had. I actually put underneath um, the two of them in regards to what is their, uh, the two of their best moments. I had the the last scene where, where coach goes and to your point, kind of re professes his love for Tammy as their best moment, because it showed that coach really did grow throughout the show to learn that eventually he will need to put Tammy's interests first as well, because it's not fair to the family that, it's always where you know he gets a new coaching job mm-hmm. and to that to that point just kind of swinging back over to the worst the worst moment um, and kind of, you harped on it before but Tammy smacking Julie
0: oh yep that's no question like that is a thousand percent Tammy's worst lowest whatever you want to call it moment when you know she goes out late with the Swede and you know they're like yelling at each other when she comes dragging home her out of the car yeah. And she just rips off and slabs her like it's the most untammy Taylor like moment possible. And um, yeah, I mean, th- to me, there's no question that is like there's not even another candidate for her worst moment because it's like by far within the run of the show, obviously, just the worst thing that. She-
1: and you could see after that, it eats her up as it oh, should. Mortified her for like the next episode maybe even two where she has to have one of those talks with, with Eric who kind of plays her role in things where it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, listen, you're a great mother, you're a great wife, you're always doing the right thing. You're just trying to protect your daughter. It was a, it was a minor lapse in judgment, which obviously is not condoned in any way, shape or form. But um, I guess that's, those were the days in what? 2006.
0: Um, Eric's worst moment. Um, I had three. Um, one of them was de- declining Matt when he came for his blessing about Julie, obviously they're very young, but the fact that he was so adamant that he would never give Matt Saracen, who's like the best kid in the entire world, uh, ever give him permission to marry his daughter. That's just, it's ridiculous. Like coach, if you're lucky enough to have a daughter who draws Matt Saracen's love, especially one who behaves the way Julie behaves sometimes, um, you should thank your lucky stars. Um, And just going on that same vein, when he throws Riggins out of the house, and I can't remember if it's two or season three, because he thinks that Riggins is trying to take advantage of Julie when really Riggins saved her. And, you know, she had gotten drunk and into a potentially very bad situation with uh, one of the random guys at school. And he's like putting her to bed when she's, you know, all sloppy and drunk. And coach just assumes that Riggins is like, trying to sleep with julie under his nose and he throws him out in the middle of the night and he's like a, a huge ass to him for the next few days or week or so eventually julie tells him what what was really up and and coach uh realizes what a bad mistake that he made not even giving regans a chance to explain himself um so that was a, another pretty big issue for me and then just all of the tmu drama where he's like coming back and just steals coach McGregor's job essentially. And obviously like McGregor is a terrible person and an even worse coach but like they they sort of hammer it home in mcgregor's last scene ever where he's like you know i just want you to know that you know you did this you're a bad person you took my job away you ruined my family's life um it is a bad thing that he decided to just take that coach's job
1: and i believe the comment that he said to him was i have a family too coach yeah. which which really does kind of bring up that point so and it's funny cuz we were right on the money here you actually had 3 of my 4 um the fourth one that i think you missed out was when he gets kicked out of the game um,
0: and oh, in season three and he like goes we, to the bar and is trying to call in place a wait on his cell phone.
1: Correct. When he gets kicked out of that game, listen, he might've been doing the right thing in regards to, you know, trying to motivate his team, but it, that I never really believe in that. That's always a bad move to have your coach just completely lose his shit on the sideline and and be forced to get kicked out of the game and then continue to berate the the official. And I think one of the greatest moves he kicks the flag that he gets thrown the penalty on, which I think was really funny. I,
0: I wonder what you think. Like, obviously, there's a the very controversial decision early in season four where he has the Lions forfeit their first game at halftime because they're all like, you know, battered and bruised and things like that. And he just doesn't think they can make it through the rest of the game. Not in terms of like not getting annihilated 95, nothing, but just like physically, physically. Um, you know, it, it doesn't, it seems like the show is somewhat taking his side and like, he's trying to save these kids from themselves because they're going to get hurt. And eventually, you know, there's that conversation in season five where, you know, Vince and Luke and Tinker and Hastings are like on the balcony when they go to that road trip in Kingdom and they're, you know, having that bonding session, like the core of this bonding outside, and coach is sitting like right below them and they can't see him and they're having that conversation. And Hastings asks, you know, what was up with that? What what was up with you guys forfeiting that game? And coach is like, and Vince is finally after like, you know, a year and a half later, is like, you know. You know we didn't understand it but coach had his reasons and whatever it was i'm sure he thought he was doing the right thing and coach has that moment where he's like sitting on the balcony below them and he like not necessarily smiles but like he he realizes that he thinks that at that point that he does he did do the right thing I'm, I'm curious what you think about you know the decision in the moment you know like eventually it looks like he somewhat did you know you know preserve these kids who really might have gotten hurt pretty badly not just emotionally from the, you know, the shame and the pain of getting beaten so badly, but, you know, physically they were like falling apart in the locker room.
1: Yeah. And I think that that's a little bit of a different situation than when he was getting kicked out of, out of that game. I don't remember exactly what game it was, but I do remember in my rewatch that it was a fairly important game and it was the playoffs. So for your coach to get kicked out of a game during the playoffs is just wildly the incorrect move. You never want that to happen. That can't be going according to game plan, where I think the other one was, it was the first game of the season. It was his first game. Uh, was it his first game with the new team? Or no, it was season
0: five? What Where he has the forfeit? No, it was Wait. the first game with the new team. So it was Remember the first They game had for- like the, the, the throwback right. uniforms, and then he's like, eventually the way he gets them to come back is you know they burn the uniforms, and they bury right. the football, right. and they burn the game tape, and things like that. Then um, he gives
1: his full life savings, which is apparently like five thousand dollars for the jerseys or whatever.
0: But yeah, and uh, he te- he tells Tammy he wrote a check to the dry cleaners. That was another <laughs> pretty bad move, um, <laughs> lying uh, about spending a bunch of a whole lot of money on new <laughs> Under Armour jerseys um, when uh, when when really did that and go to the dry cleaner. Um, anyway, so what what was the moment when these two, you know, either separately or as a couple, became really real? to you for for me it's it's the same episode for both of them and as a couple so i'm curious where you went with it for
1: me they always seemed like a true model tv couple until that last episode they really did um when you know you realize that
0: so you every- went, went through the whole show and they're not like real people real characters yet no
1: i don't i really don't think so they were the perfect ideal tv couple
0: I mean, for, for me, it was like episode four. Who's your daddy? They have that football party um, and they're, like, you know, in like a little bit of a fight because Tammy thinks that Eric doesn't think that her job is as important as it obviously is. And they have, you know, the the football party and the barbecue and he forgets to tell her that they're having a barbecue. And, you know, he barges into her office for counseling when he's like uh, trying to decide whether to start Matt or voodoo. Um, they have that talk outside of the dance recital that Julie has, you know, they're, they're on the bye week They have that talk outside the dance recital and Eric apologizes to her and he tells her he knows how important her job is, and how difficult her job is. Um, and then there's a moment right after that, after they finally make up where, you know, the, the reason that Eric was late to the dance recital was cause he had to pick up Saracen at the hospital because he got beat up by the, the people on, uh, their rivals on uh on arnett mead because they you know trashed the car and they came to the alamo freeze and beat up saracen and earlier in the day he had told saracen un- unknowingly told saracen um to get into julie's pants and he sees julie and matt talking at the dance recital and he's like devastated. He, he just, he tells Tammy, he's like, I think I told that kid to get our daughter in the backseat of his car. And it's just like an unbelievable capper. Like, they're already right back into their rhythm after having, like, two episodes of Strife. And it's just like, this is, a, this is a real couple that has, you know, real issues that really bother them, but when they, there's never any question that they love each other and they have each other's back and they're going to be the same couple after.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of what I was feeling in regards to this was, Watching throughout the the show and obviously season two with the abrupt ending and whatnot, but I think the feeling was that I always kind of had more to look forward to. And then once that last kind of scene or kind of back part of that finale episode happened, I started to feel that I, I had no more of them. And that's what made them real to me was that for for forever i'm going to want to see more and more of coach eric and tammy taylor and that finally in the culmination of that episode it just became so real to me
0: All right. i mean i i can buy that i think that they you know to me they became real characters obviously significantly earlier that's you know the fourth episode versus the last episode i think i think by the way that there's another good um I, n- nominee or whatever moment ca- uh, candidate it's in a very similar way to what I just said. It sort of like exemplifies that no matter what, you know, they're always going to be like a real couple that loves each other and has each other's back and things like that. Um, When, when Eric is, is back from TMU and, or not when he's back from when he is four, when Tammy is still working at West Dillon and Eric's at East Dillon and Glenn, the guy that works at the school with Tammy um, gets drunk off his ass and kisses Tammy and in glenn's words he mouth rapes her and he's like oh my god all of a sudden my mouth is on tammy taylor's mouth um and and tammy doesn't tell eric about it because like it obviously meant nothing and it was such nonsense and there was never really any question that she was gonna like leave eric for weirdo glenn the creepy science teacher and but glenn comes to the school um or no, Eric is at Tammy's school, and Glenn sees him, and he's like, "Coach, I want to thank you for being, you know, so understanding and so cool about this." And he real- Glenn realizes that Tammy never told him. And then that night, they're in in bed together, and Coach is like, "I talked to Glenn today," um, and Tammy's like, "Oh no, oh my god, what did you do to him?" And, and Eric is like, "I kissed Glenn by the <laughs> transit property. I kissed Glenn." And it's like just the 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 whole interaction over the Glenn episode is just so amazing and so hilarious and so drives home exactly how on the same wave same wavelength they are. So many other shows would turn that into pointless drama that threatens their relationship that is really in no jeopardy whatsoever. But they just have like this moment where they laugh about it and Eric makes like a snide joke the next day about like, don't let Glenn drink all my scotch and things like that. And that's it. And that's the end it. That's another, to me, great great moment for for them that makes them you know like a very much like a real couple
1: i think that was at tmu because i i remember them it's it's not
0: tmu because glenn um i don't think he comes in until i don't think he's there in season i'm
1: pretty sure there's a phone call where uh glenn is like holding gracie bell like in the kitchen and he's calling tam he's like
0: why is glenn in my house oh yeah that's true but then why would eric be home at that time, or maybe it's like right after he comes back. Could um, be no, it's season four. Season four, he kisses Tammy while drunk at happy hour and shamelessly confesses this to Eric. But he is there in in her house after she turns from returns from maternity leave. Yeah. Teacher at Dylan High who forms a friendship with Tammy after she returns from so he was in season two caring for Gracie Bell at some point. Uh, but it's not until season that he puts his mouth on Tammy's <laughs> okay anyway so we're gonna gonna move on here the last few what is if you had to pick one episode to show somebody that defines Eric and defines Tammy what the pilot okay I that's, love, that's I love, I Tammy, Tammy though does not have a lot to do in the pilot other than talk about his and hers closets and moving to Alaska and do that you know crazy wine dance that Amy Schumer makes fun of in that classic uh Amy Schumer sketch classic you haven't seen that sketch? No, I said it's classic. Absolutely oh, classic. I thought you were questioning whether it was classic. No, I, mean, I, I, the, the I love it. The pilot is a good choice, though, for both of them. It wasn't the one I chose, but it is a very good for both. Cause it might be the best pilot of all time.
1: That's my point. Like, if you're going to need to pick one episode, like, you're going to come out of that episode, and you're going to love Coach, and you're going to be like, Tammy's amazing, and... I truly do believe if I had to pick one episode, it would definitely not be anything other than the
0: pilot. Interesting. Okay. I, I chose different episodes for both. I The pilot is a good choice. And if I had to choose one that was for both of them, I would probably choose that one. But separately, I chose, I think we should have sex for Tammy, the one where her and Julie have that, that first sex talk and she's sort of like melting down over the possibility that Julie and Matt are going to have sex. Like that's just an unbelievable Tammy Taylor episode, all the different emotions that she plays. And at that point, you don't know for certain yet that Tammy had like her wild side back in the day, but it's clear that there's something like underneath all of her anxieties about Julia. Like you can see it on her face, not even just when they're having that talk, but also like when she's Matt buying condoms and the look that she gets on her face, it's not just like, Oh my God, da- my my daughter's going to have sex. It's there's something else there too. Um, and then for Eric, I had Wind Sprints, the episode where the after yep. they lose that one game and Smash goes on TV and he's like, I think Coach Saylor should be winning football games. That's all. And they have, you know, that late night practice in the rain. And he, um, he, he steals very obviously from the, the famed practice of the 1980 Miracle on Ice hockey team, where it's Again. like a, a late night practice that was not, um, a, a scheduled practice, and they're doing, you know, needlessly cruel calisthenic workouts and sprints. In this case, it's up a hill instead of from, you know, blue line to blue line uh, and things like that. And it's just like shamelessly aping the motivational tactics of Herb Brooks, but he does it so well that it doesn't matter. And he's like, You know, again, and they got to keep running up the hill. And then he has that moment where he's like, you know, you owe me a practice to Riggins, and he's got to walk home. Just everything that goes on in that episode where he's trying to make Queen Matt uh and voodoo who has just come in or not not make the decision yet but he has them uh, they're like recruiting voodoo in that episode um everything that eric does in that episode like if you had to pick one thing that shows all sides of eric taylor like you know he's frustrated with the bureaucracy of football and he's like i've had enough of this in that conversation with with buddy and voodoo's parents and he does like the hard coaching and the motivation and everything like that's a a quintessential eric taylor
1: yeah and (laughs) uh by the way unbelievable scene uh in terms of miracle uh with the name the name on the front uh you know united states of america yeah.
0: that that's that's the scenes even end the same way yeah where you know in in miracle a like repeats her brooks's thing where he's like you know I'm Mike Rusioni I play for the United States of America and in the in the the Friday night light scene Smash all of a sudden just screams out like clear eyes full hearts yep. can't lose and they do that one last sprint like They end the exact, like everything about it is just a shameless aping of that scene. So it's, which is, is, is funny and great, but it, it it works for me. anyway. What
1: what was your Tammy episode? I'm curious. I
0: I said, I, the, I think we should have sex. The one where she had that first sex talk with. So next question is, do you think you would be friends with them? And what would your friendship with them be like? And the obvious answer here is yes, I would be friends with Tammy Taylor. And the whole time it would just be me trying to remain a respectful person and not being like, I want you to be my mom and like, I want you to be my wife and you are the best person and you are the most beautiful person and the most perfect person in the entire world. That would be my friendship with Tammy, just trying to be a, a real person. And then I would be friends with Eric because we would just talk about football and um, and I would, you know, I, I don't think I would necessarily be one of his sounding boards for football strategy, and I wouldn't be all over him like Buddy. I would just be, you know, a uh, a casual acquaintance that he ha- had made at some point in his life. Maybe, you know, one of his high school football teammates or things like that. Um, but I, I would definitely be friends with
1: him. I agree. And uh, I, I think the, the one part you were missing is would love to drink some scotch with Coach.
0: Oh yes, absolutely. Like there would definitely be a time like, you know, coach is facing some sort of big decision and, and, you know, he calls can't you can't go. Up a bar. Yeah. Call, calls me up instead of buddy this time. And we have some, some good scotch and Tammy's got to drive him to, to get his car the next day. And he forgot which bar he was at. So yeah. Um, All right. tell, you, tell your dad that you were, that, that we're going to church. Tell him louder. <laughs> yeah. uh, so wh- where do you think that that coach and Mrs. Coach are right now? Uh, in the world of the show. I truly
1: do believe, and I know a lot of the easy answer here is like, oh, coach is coaching in the NFL. I don't think he's an NFL coach. What? That's just, a re- just, completely ridiculous answer. I just don't. I find him. He's – so they went to Philly, um, but they couldn't They couldn't leave Texas for too long. Um, so she ends up being the dean, and um, he is the coach of a, a TMU is what I what I think ends up happening. And that he takes the job of the the coach who rightfully kind of gave him a little bit of shit when he
0: was leaving. Okay. I mean that's that's not what I had. It's an interesting path. I said that they're still in Philly. I think that Eric finally chose Tammy over football and is in a place where they take their football very seriously, like the the Philly and the Pennsylvania football scene is is serious you know much like new jersey football is serious but it's not as serious as life and death as it is in texas so he still gets to coach what's probably a good team in a place that takes football seriously but it's much more low-key and there's not as much you know hanging over his head um at all times and you know they are now they are now philly people to me and tammy is still the dean of you know a one of those ivy but not ivy type of schools And Eric gets to coach serious football in a, in a serious football place. And he's putting people into college and putting people into the NFL. And he's, you know, a very successful high school coach at a good program in a good football state. That is not completely insane.
1: Yeah. I I personally believe there's no way that the tailgate barbecue scene before a game is enough for Tammy out in Philly. She craves that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure she did. Um, Okay, so so this is a second to second and third to last one, I guess, here. Um, What was the actor's influence on the character, and could anyone else have played them? I only have one answer for someone else that could have played Eric, and I honestly don't have an answer for anyone else that could have played Tammy. I just, Connie Britton is a perfect person, so. But what what what, were, what are your thoughts on, on Connie Britton, Kyle Chandler, and if anybody else could have played them?
1: I actually had a different answer. So I think there's no one else in this entire world that can possibly play Coach Eric Taylor.
0: Oh, he I wasn't. think that there is one very obvious one, and it's something that we just talked about before. Go ahead. It's Josh Charles, who played the coach <laughs> in that Amy Schumer sketch and who looks very much like Kyle Chandler and has a background in both drama and comedy like Kyle Chandler. Um, and has that sort of wry, um, the ability to be serious, but while he's being serious, it's funny. But he also has like hefty dramatic experience and chops, and he carries off that hat extremely well in the football town nights sketch. I, I think that Josh Charles could have been coach in another world as well.
1: That's funny because I, I, I truly, I truly think he was, he was the only person that could have been. Coach Eric Taylor, and I feel like... I know he was in a couple of things beforehand. Um, yeah, he was
0: in, like, Inside Edition, I think was, was called.
1: Um, but I, I truly think there's only one other person that could have possibly pa- played um, Tammy Taylor, and that is Sandra Bullock,
0: who kind of successfully played it in the Blind Side. Eh, she was, like, much more of a Type A, like... I'm going to take control of everything like it's a, it's a different role for sure. Yeah it is and she would have had to take a
1: step back slightly. Um obviously she was a major star at that point but um she would have had to definitely take what I would what I would have called the a demotion in regards to her role in the series in order to play that.
0: And you know at the time TV was not as prestigious as movie sandy bullock never would have gone and done you know an nbc v show at the time so that obviously wouldn't have been i'm sure there are other actresses that could have played that role it's just i don't even want to picture somebody else other than other than so good um yeah but i i do think josh charles could have pulled that off that was my one pick i'm sure there are other actors as well but that was the one that immediately came to mind because a we've essentially seen him do it just for a even in just a parody just for like five minutes, but it was, it was such a good parody and so spot on. And he carried himself in like exactly the same kind of way that coach does. It was like, I could have very easily been doing that. And just, I love Josh Charles from, from sports night and from so many other things, a great actor. Um, So last question here, this is, I think is the most important question and will be a bit more relevant with other characters that we do uh, on this show, as opposed to this one where the answer is, pretty obvious like could the show exist without them and the answer here is like hell no like it's it's literally not possible for friday night lights to exist without eric without tammy without the taylor marriage without the taylor family you can't do it it doesn't work
1: couldn't agree more couldn't agree more and i think that there are so many characters you know when thinking about just the friday night lights kind of world as it as it stands um, there are so many characters who couldn't really live without the two of them either. Um, so not only could the show not exist without them, but I think the actual people within the show um, would really fall apart without their existence in the show as well.
0: Right. Well, that's like what we talked about earlier. there were so many different characters that sort of idolized them or one in one way or another or had their lives affected by them in one way or another. you know, everybody from the Street to Billy Riggins to seven to fours to Vince to Tinker. Um, You know, so so many different people whose whose lives they saved and touched and like the one the two people that they uh, they couldn't save were Santiago, the (laughs) Sandman, who who disappeared into thin air after uh, after he moved out of Buddy Garrity's house and an epic in think that was five because Tammy was at. Uh, East Dillon Point. Those were like the only two of the show that they really couldn't get through. The two of them and Bobby Reyes, who Coach had to kick off the team, be strong. more.
1: Absolutely, and to bring it, and just to bring it back full circle. Um, I don't think you can. I don't think this show is nearly as successful if one of them wasn't in it. So no,
0: of course if, not. Like if it's, if, it's, if it's like Coach, the single dad, no,
1: exactly. Like, so to bring just to bring it back full circle and why we're doing, kind of chose to do this together or chose to do the two of them together, it truly just explains that the two of them carried just as much weight as the other one throughout this entire series.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's an equal partnership, and that's sort of driven home by, you know, the last episode, again, where where Eric finally, Tammy over his football career, or not even necessarily chooses Tammy, but chooses, like, we're going to do this for, for us and for our marriage as opposed to for me and our marriage. Yeah, that's, that's sort of driven home by the end of what we get to see of their relationships. And they have that great final shot of them, you know, standing arm in arm on the football field, just like they had at the end of season three, which they originally thought was going to be a series finale before they got those final two seasons. Um, So yeah, it's, it's, it's very much exemplified that they are the heart of the show. And again, I, I can't possibly imagine Coach as a single dad or, like, the Coach as, like, a random small character and, the you know, the Taylors just being another one of the families on the show, you know, like like the Garrity's or the Riggins or the Saracens or whoever. Like, it it doesn't work without Coach and Mrs. Coach together. Like, that's that's why they're Coach and Mrs. Coach. Which, by the way, Matt randomly calling them Coach and, and Mrs. Coach because he doesn't know <laughs> Tammy's name and he, he always calls them, you know, uh miss taylor or miss t or something like that uh just just a great line from from seven being like coach mrs coach uh, great times
1: absolutely just like this
0: yes absolutely just like this so that's going to do it for the first episode of character concerns thank you so much for listening i'm very excited to discuss more great tv characters um coming up i believe next is going to be discussion of mike airman trout from the the Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul universes. And uh, Zach, I think there's there's really only one way that we could end this podcast. And it goes like this. Clear eyes, full hearts. Can't lose.
1: Texas Forever 6.